Hello, I'm Jeremy Gray, and today on Indiana Unscripted, we talk to a spectacular athlete who is a lot of fun to watch, who is leading a resurgent IU track and field program. Today's guest, Daniel Kuhn. Now we're pleased to be joined by Daniel Kuhn, a senior out of Shelbyville, track and field standout here at Indiana University. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, the reason I wanted to, to talk to you is you've been an athlete I've been intrigued by for a long time, not only because it seems that you have an unusual background for a track standout, but you also have how do I say this, an unusual uh, competitive demeanor on the track that is just compelling to watch. So I guess let's start back at the the beginning uh, from uh, Shelbyville, Indiana. Tell us a little bit about your family background and maybe how you first got into sports altogether. Yeah, so um, my family's been super uber competitive. Didn't matter what we were doing, if it was Monopoly or getting to the dinner table first or anything like that. So my mom was um, one of six with four brothers. Oh, wow. So she was naturally really competitive because she was always competing against four little brothers and claims that she actually beat them up, but we'll see about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I got involved in T-ball when I was, like, four. Um, then my dad started coaching baseball um, when I was six, and I played all the way up until I was 18 uh, when I graduated high school and everything like that. Um I kind of ran around the block and everything like that when we were playing tag and everything like that with the neighborhood kids and everything like that. So um, I knew that I was relatively good at it because I would always, I was never it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, I started running um, in middle school because we didn't have a middle school baseball team. I just played travel ball. And uh, in eighth grade, I set like our um, conference and middle school records in the 800. I think I ran like 207. Um, so that was fun. And then I never really, I had to hang it up. By the way, I think you make the state meet in high school at about the two minute mark. Is that correct? Like, so you were, you were close to that without being really a committed track athlete as a middle school student. Yeah. So I think it's right around 158 when you start getting in company of qualifying, especially depending on your regional. Um, so yeah. And then I had to hang that up and cause I wanted to play baseball and that was my passion. That was my love. Um, committed to play at trying my at the end of my junior year and talked to both of the coaches the athletic director was never fond of me competing um on the track and playing baseball at the same time so I kind of just went around the athletic director and was like hey listen let's make this work I'm already committed there's no repercussions for me doing both let's try it and um they were like all right so they figured it out and I would um go to the track meets that I could go to that didn't conflict with baseball games that were highly important where we're paying best teams in the state and everything like that and uh, conference games obviously so I ended up um, running at whatever meets I could and then ended up um, qualifying for regionals after we got knocked out of sectionals in baseball we got actually beat by Bloomington South that was, that was a little <laughs> rough but um, ended up qualifying for state and then obviously got to the state meet and was able to pull away with the win yeah, so you did remarkably well, and I remember actually talking to Coach Helmer at the time, um, and he was like, there's just this intriguing athlete who really was more of a baseball player than a track athlete, but just not only won 
but had kind of this uh, competitive edge on the track that is unusual. Uh, speak to that. Uh, I think your coaches, whether to your face or behind your back, call you the coon dog, that you just go out, and it's a little bit of a, and I, I don't know track well, but it's a little bit of a prefontaine style where you are all out redlining the entire time. Well, why, why don't you speak to your, to your style? It's like running the bases for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just got to go out and be confident. I knew that um, if I instill that in confidence in myself and everything like that and just go out and put myself out there and say, come get me, then um, the more I continue to do that, the better I'm going to be at running away from people and developing the to the point where I'm not breaking down as much, I'm not slowing down as much, so repetitively doing that over and over and over again, then um, I was putting myself in a really good place where I would continue to grow because if you're constantly pushing yourself, then, I mean, the, the expectation of or what the peak of what could happen is, I mean, can't really put a number on it. So you come to college, you uh, come to Indiana, you're this raw talent who hates losing. How? <laughs> uh, how much did learning about the finer points of track and field technique, race strategy, help you grow? I mean, I think my freshman year, especially, I think I struggled a little bit because I was trying to learn instead of just going out and trusting my instincts and being that competitive, like uber competitive person. I would like be sitting there taking notes on my race while I'm racing. And it's like, I'm supposed to be going out trying to kill everybody I'm going against. And um, I finally got back to that in points of my outdoor season my freshman year and then kind of just that all spiraled into play my sophomore year and it's kind of all taken off from there. So there was a time I was walking out of training tables with Jake Weissman and he showed me your vehicle. Why don't, why don't you tell everybody about uh, your mode of transportation? So when I first got here, I had a uh, Subaru WRX, and that thing was souped up, something ridiculous. <laughs> it was pretty much a race car, but it was legal on the streets. Um, I actually couldn't afford to put all the money into it because I drove like I raced. And yeah. It was. It didn't matter if I had to go 50 feet and then stop at a stop sign. I was going to see how fast I could get to that 50 feet. And uh, actually end up selling that and was driving a – Cadillac, 1994 Cadillac DeVille. <laughs> it was a boat, so it went from the whole opposite spectrum and everything like that. And I actually um, just blew the motor in that, oh, uh, <laughs> let's see, two months ago, right around Christmas. So um, we actually just got me a brand-new Honda Civic Si. Oh, okay, just just a regular car. Yep, yeah, yep. just a re first regular car of your life. Yeah, I remember walking up to the top, like, what is that? And he's like, oh, that's that's the Coon Dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you are now demolishing people in the 600, and you're one of the best in the country in in the 800. What is it about the 600 that that just speaks to your 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 running style and whatever your talent is? I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> I think um, just I continue to put myself out there where I put myself in a place that not a lot of people want to go out in, where we'll go out at a pace and it's just it's uncomfortable from the start, and you kind of just learn to manage it. And I think I've gotten to the point where I know how to manage it a lot better than other people. And I've continued to do that, so I've gotten even better at it myself. And um, I think the six and the eight is just you got to put yourself in a position where it's going to hurt, and then you got to know how to hurt and how to manage it when you are hurting. When you played baseball, did you have kind of a similar thing to the way you approach track and field? Were you the type to break up double plays, to run over the catcher, 
to get hit by pitches because you won't get out of the – did you have that same all-out style that you do on the track? I was kind of a sissy on the field. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, I, I mean, I was always uber-aggressive on the bases and everything like that because I trusted myself and everything like that. Um, but, I mean, I hit leadoff and everything like that, so I liked the responsibility of getting the game going and getting it all going. And then I was so competitive where if I went two for five or three for five, I was mad because I didn't get – two other hits and everything like that so I was in in a sense a perfectionist but I think that helped me a lot because I learned how to fail and uh, I struggled with that my first two years in high school because I was always expecting to hit 400 and hit 500 and everything like that and then finally just learned that it's okay that you go three for five that's still a good game and everything like that so I, I think I definitely learned how to accept failure how to take failure in a positive way and I think that's helped me not only in athletics, but school and life and everything like that, because not everything's going to be perfect. In, in talking to your coaches about you a little bit, um, they they claim that your motor off the track is the same as it is on the track, that in workouts you're all out, that you don't even sleep much because you have that much energy. Uh, is that something from an early age? Were you the kid who was running around at the restaurant like – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was one of those kids that my parents probably had to get a handle on pretty quickly. Um, but I think I I mean, I mainly get it from them. My parents both work extremely long hours. They work their butts off. Um, and I, both of them are people that don't really have to get a whole lot of sleep. They can function really well on little, bi- little bits of sleep and still um, perform at a high level at their jobs and everything like that. So I think that was instilled when, when I was young, and I, I just always looked up to that, and I look up to them today. So what do you like to do when you're not competing um, and souping up cars? Um, I mean, I play I play some video games from time to time, and obviously I get mad, so I end up quit playing after so long because of that competitiveness. But um, so are they sports games or the, what, what? What type of games you played? A little bit of Call of Duty, Fortnite, okay. Madden, NBA 2K. Yeah, gotcha. And all that stuff. Are you pretty good? I'm average. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna boast on here, but. <laughs> um, what do you hope to do uh, after your IU track and field career is over? I mean, right now I'm just focusing on trying to be one of the best middle distance runners for this university and everything like that. So if I can continue to go out and strive to achieve that, then I think everything else that I want to do after and run post-collegiately and everything like that could fall into place. But I think if I just focus on day-to-day and focus on getting the Big Tens and winning another Big Ten championship and then getting the Nationals and put myself in a position to be one of the best in the country. If I just continue to focus on that, then the rest will just happen. One of Coach Helmer's, I think, unique gifts is finding athletes who who have untapped potential. Uh, he did it with Sarah Pease. He did it with Andy Bear. I think you kind of fall into that category how much more do you think you have left to go? Like, do you do you feel like you can get a lot better? I think I do. I mean, I think if I just continue to go out there, I mean, Coach Helmer's coached for so many years, more years than I've been alive. So, obviously, he knows what he's doing. He's coached some remarkable athletes. I mean, you look at middle distance-wise, I know Molly, Lulo, um, 157, and she was a soccer player yeah. and everything like that. So, if, if he can do that with her, then I think um, there's no um, – roof on what I can do and everything like that but I definitely think I can continue to grow and and grow in multiple different ways on the track 
Uh, speak to the team. Last year won the Big Ten Championship. Uh, it's been, I think, an undertold story of how well this program has been built in the last couple of years. And now you look at it, and seemingly every week there is an IU record, a track record, best time in the nation in that uh, event so far this year type thing. Like the the tweets all, you know, from the track and field account seem to have good things said by a lot of different athletes. Yeah, I'm, um, my first two years here, we, we really struggled from all the time. And we went to some of these Big Ten meets and – I remember my freshman year at outdoors. We sc- we were supposed to score like fifty some points. I mean, we weren't supposed to win, but we were supposed to be right in the middle of the pack, and we scored eighteen. And ten of them came from Terry Bateman, our pole vaulter, and, and that was embarrassing because it was like we had a meet where some things could go right, and we would do pretty well, and nothing went right. And then we went into my sophomore year, and again, indoor and outdoor, nothing went right. And then finally last year, it was like we're at the meet and everything was going right. I mean, we had 50-some points after the first day, won the DMR, and we got big points in the weight throw. Willie won the shot put and um, was going against a really good competitor from Ohio State and everything like that. And then Trayton had a huge day. I mean, he won the long jump and then got second with um, high jump and everything like that. And then Paul got third. So everything was just clicking, and then our milers went out there on the second day and um, got big points right there. I think everything was just clicking, and it was just awesome to be a part of that. I think by the time I got to the 600, I, it didn't matter what I did because we had already sealed it and everything like that. So it was just icing on the top to go out there and be able to get that individual um, medal and everything like that while knowing the whole time that we had already won the team championship. I think it was pretty special. And then this year, everything just seems to be – we started off a little rocky where I think we had expectations going in and we didn't necessarily hit what we wanted to do. I think I'm guilty of that. I mean, I went out thinking, all right, I ran 146 pretty, not easily, but I mean, I ran 147 as my opener and I opened up this year at 149. So I was like, man, what's going on? So I started overthinking that. But now I think we started listening to coach more and just say, hey, listen, we just got to focus on what he's telling us to do because he was right last year and he's definitely right this year. And um, we quit thinking so much and just went out and ran like the athletes we are. And everything's starting to click. I mean, Kyle Miles run 359, 358 on a DMR anchor. Uh, just went 750 in the 3K, which is absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> That's moving. Yeah. That is ridiculous. And then everybody across the board, I mean, Trayton's jumping really well now. And I think just a couple more things fall into place in the next couple of weeks. We have a real, real opportunity to win another Big Ten championship. Letting everybody have a little context, you can run 600 in about a minute and 15, and you can run 800, 146? Yeah, 146, 42. All right, there you go. Um, Heading into uh, Big Tens and then the outdoor season uh, this year, do you feel like it's falling into place at the right time and you guys are in good position to to maybe do something special again? Yeah, I do. I think last year we had, um, myself included, I think we had people hit big marks early. And it was surprising, um, but at the end of the day, we were still running fast late. And just because we weren't running uber fast at the beginning, now everything's starting to fall in place, and we're really looking at a really good position going into Big Tens, I think. And I think everybody's got their confidence rolling. We're like, all right, we're 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 ready and everything like that. So I think everybody's just super excited to get over to Geneva and just put it all on the table and see what happens. 
if you could speak to a little bit because you practice around them uh, at, at the same time, the women have shown remarkable improvement over your time here as well. Oh, exactly. I mean, they went into those first two years, and like I said, it was just everything wasn't going right, and um, we we didn't have like that superstar or anything, so to speak. And you, when you go to these Big Ten meets, there's there's usually a superstar on a team, regardless of how how talented they are. I mean, you look at Rutgers; they got Isaiah Brown that has the Big Ten record in the 400, and um, that would be pretty much all the points they scored from that meet. <laughs> and um, now, I mean, Catherine Receiver's done a great job of being the leader of that group. I went to the Big Ten cross-country meet, and I don't know. And I've gone to a lot of IU things uh, over my time here. There have been very few that reach that level of impressiveness right. uh, of a performance. I mean, it looked like – she looked like she was rabbiting the field. Like you could water ski behind her. She yeah. was so far ahead of everybody else. <laughs> yeah. I mean. And this is a great cross-country conference. Exactly. Yeah. And it, the, the conference in general, every level, every sport, everything is so talented. And um, I think I don't think people truly understand that they're witnessing one of the best, if not the best, women's distance runner ever to come through this university. I don't think people, people really grasp that and everything when they're watching it. But um, to see what she does on a daily basis, not only when she's racing, but being a team leader and everything like that, I think it's great for the team. And I think that's where a lot of the success has come distance-wise is um, people look up to her and she's she's a follow-by-example type of person. And then um, we've just continued to bring in more talent and they continue to grow and trust Coach Helmer. And I think that was one of our biggest issues when we came in was we had people that were a little disconnected and wanted to do their thing rather than focus on, all right, we have a team goal and we have to focus on what coach is trying to get us to do and everything like that. And I think we're all on board on that, and that's where the success has come from. I'm the sport administrator of swim, dive, and tennis, which uh, are similar to track and field in which there is an individual component to it and then the team component. Uh, what is your ap approach to that r running the best that you can but then also trying to do things for your teammates. Right. So, I mean, it's like two different things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, realize you have three other people relying on you and everything like that. So, that's even bigger motivation when you're running on that stuff. But when you're running on individual events like the 600 at Big Tens, I just know that if I can go out and put myself in a position to win, I can score those 10 points and that gets us 10, plus, 10 points closer to our end goal. So, if I know that I'm focusing on doing everything I can for myself that all those benefits are going to be reaped to the team and everything like that. So what are you studying? Uh, I'm studying psychology right now. Um, classes are going good. Pretty laid back right now, obviously, because I'm dragging it all out for a fifth year and everything like that. Um, yeah, so I might be going back to school um, for engineering, going back to my original plan, but um, nothing wrong with getting a little extra schooling in. No, not at all. Not at all. Um so uh, good luck the rest of the year. Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch you and your team uh, compete both in indoor and outdoor. And uh, you're a fun watch. Um, you're just different out there. And so I'm like, I got to talk to this guy. So it was great to, to get a chance to, to meet you face to face and uh, chat with you a little bit. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'd like to thank Daniel Kuhn for coming on and speaking with us on Indiana Unscripted. Uh, Next uh, installment, we will talk to two of the best in their profession in not just the country, but the world. Diving coach Drew Johansson and swim coach Ray Luce.